Hello, this is Dr. Daniel Van Ingen with this week's parenting podcast on how to put together a peer-led support group for parents of teenagers. I was talking recently to a mom who is considering forming a parenting group, specifically a parenting peer-led support group for parents of teenagers. I thought it was a great idea. We need lots of these around the country. And when they are peer-led, that is even better. We're all in this together. So I thought I would put together a list of things that would make a, a parenting support group successful. So as you listen to this, consider putting together, putting together a peer-led support group for parents of teenagers. Consider gathering other parents you know, parents of teens, um, and meeting on a weekly basis or every other week or once a month. So first there is the process of who you invite, and I'll make some comments about that in a few minutes. First, let's talk about what is discussed at these get-togethers. First of all, you need some themes. So each week, facilitators, they pick a theme and run, run with it. You may ask group members some things. So after you make the invitations and say, hey, let's get together, and you're at the first meeting, you may ask group members some things that they want to talk about during the first time you get together. So these are parenting themes. And you can go through a list of themes, um, and you might do a different theme each week. So consider some of these topics, helping teens with stress about um, IB programs, um, international baccalaureate programs, or helping teens deal with stress about smoking pot all the time. Say your vapor vape is loaded with pot, taking a hit every hour. Um, some teens are so stressed about entrance exams, right? Or helping teens prepare for college. Or navigating teenagers through dealing with immense academic pressures. Or navigating relationships. And how much do you engage? You know, we know about the parent who engages too much, so they're the helicopter parent. Or the parent who's too distant. Uh, sometimes teen parents, they need parents to be engaged for the good, you know, this is for their good. Sometimes being at home um, and recognizing that if a kid is at home, you know, too much alone time for a teen boy, it might not be really good for them. So, so um, and recognizing how much time there. Uh, or other themes, goal setting or nutrition, sugar intake in the support group. So you might have one parent who is concerned about their teen's eating habits. But the parent is not sure how to bring this up with their daughter. So the support group should allow these kinds of issues to be raised without fear of judgment, like, you know, I'm a bad parent. A good support group will have a facilitator who can say, don't be afraid to raise an issue. There are no quick answers. And it's helpful that we don't just tell people what to do here in this group. So instead, let's be about connecting with each other, expressing compassion for tough issues, and being open-minded about trying new things with our teenagers. So here's some other themes. Navigating social relationships via social media. In engaging in conversations about purpose. Discussions about uh, of allowing social media or not. Having limits on social media. Maybe we can talk. So if you get four parents or, or ten parents... To just talk, hey, how should we have limits on social media? That can be a great and rich discussion. Um, other themes you might bring up on a weekly or monthly basis at this group. 
limits on video games, um, communicating limits, screen time, social media, privacy and online safety, learning with technology, violence in the media. Are we a TV family or not? And why? Why are we watching this? What are kids talking about at school? So in the parenting support group, a good discussion might be, how do we engage with our teenagers on what people are talking about at school? So these are just a sampling of topics teenagers can have, or parents of teenagers can have. So these are themes. It's good for a parent of a teen, a parent of teen support group to have a couple facilitators. The facilitators encourage the parents of the group to make a list of themes that you would like discussed at this support group. So the facilitator might say, right, one way we can do this is to cover one theme each week. Let me take a, a little bit here and talk about what are the characteristics of good facilitators. So good facilitators encourage parents to feel free to talk or not. A good facilitator recognizes the over-talker, you know, one who is dominant, say one who just wants to solve all of the parents' problems, um, tell parents what to do. So, um, you know, we might want to establish that as, as uh, a group guideline in the beginning. A good facilitator recognizes quiet fathers, uh, you know, respecting their father's space, but at the same time helping them feel valued you know the the quiet father in the back in the back of the group, um, and, and encouraging them that they do have a lot to offer to the discussion. Facilitators are attentive to the different um, different parents and different personalities. Good facilitators don't control, but they're aware of their process. I know what you might be thinking as you're listening to this parenting podcast. I wasn't trained. Look, what I'm suggesting here is that it's better to bring parents together to talk about issues than worry about perfect facilitation. You know, that being said, there are some things to be aware of. We want to encourage respect of fellow group members. And we want to say things like, don't tell people what to do. Instead, we want to encourage ideas. And then uh, a facilitator can do some preparation between uh, the, the support group times. Um, and so some key websites to consider that can provide key information for themes. Uh, Dove.org is a great website on, on Christian worldviews of matters of issues. Also, Common Sense Media. They consider all of the key, uh, the key website, the key information when it comes to all things media, from TV to social media to movies to music. And then you're going to have your favorite websites for scholarships and colleges. You know, people have their favorites. And this even might be an issue, uh, another theme, uh, preparing for college. Uh, and then within that theme, you might have next week, we're going to talk about preparing for college. So please bring your websites that, you, that you're looking at as far as what we need to know when applying for scholarships. And then you want to have key books. And, um, and so my book, You Are Your Child's Best Psychologist, Seven Keys to Excellence in Parenting. Um, it's not necessarily just a, a shameless plug here, but I, I want to get that out. It's just a, a, 
a great collection of research that our colleagues have already done. So it's some of the best information in that book as far as research and uh, information that can help with themes. Um, so check that out if you have not looked uh, at that book, You Are Your Child's Best Psychologist, uh, Seven Keys to Excellence in Parenting. And there are several other good books out there. Um, some of my favorites include uh, Elaine Maslish and Adele Faber wrote a book, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. Another book related to sleep problems by Richard Ferber, Solve Your Child's Sleep Problems, New Revised and Expanded Edition. Um, then what you're going to find is there are good self-help books, uh, resources to improve emotional health and strength in relationships. Uh, and and so if, if families, as, as groups get together and families just bring up issues, it's good to have a resource. Um, and... Uh, and so a good resource that facilitators can use is uh, a resource by John Norcross and various authors. The resource is titled Self-Help That Works, Resources to Improve Emotional Health and Strengthen Relationships. It's the fourth edition. I have, I have followed this edition over the years. And what it is is uh, it, it's based on um, – this updated edition of Self-Help That Works evaluates more than 2,000 self-help resources and brings together, the, brings together the collective wisdom of nearly 5,000 mental health professionals. So whether seeking self-help for yourself, loved ones, um, this is the go-to research-based guide, which is the best advice on what works. So whether you're talking about sleep problems or whether you're talking about nutrition or whether you're talking about um, your child has a particular anxiety problem or your child is dealing with bipolar disorder or you as a parent are struggling with particular mental health issues, um, this will normalize some of the emotional challenges that we face as parents. So this is a good resource um, that I recommend for, for most groups. But if you're going to get some parents together and you just want to have it on hand, uh, that's a good resource. So um, I don't work with any of these colleagues. I'm just putting a plug in here for this resource because it's something that I've used in my practice and also have shared even when it was the first and second and third edition. So now it's in the fourth edition and it's been updated. So when you open it up and just look at it, there's a, a list of resources in each category. All right, so those are some, some key books and resources to have. Um, but then uh, when you're facilitating a comfortable location, a house you know that's comfortable, what are some ground rules for your peer-led support group? So again, you gather some other parents of teenagers together. You're going to say, hey, let's get together on Thursday night. So let's get together the second and fourth Thursday nights of every month. What are some ground rules? Okay, so first of all, confidentiality. If one parent is telling their children about something that was mentioned, then other children can find out what was said. So I think I think you want to mention confidentiality. Okay, and this, this is, I think, really important because this is what establishes the trust in the group. 
And then you might de-identify. So um, in light of that, uh, you might say, hey, let's agree to de-identify because we know people. So look, if my son is mentioning or I know someone and you just come up with ways to say things, does anyone have any suggestions on a child that we know with an eating disorder and how we can help that family? So you de-identify. All right. So if you're talking about a specific behavior problem um, of non-compliance, how have you helped? How have you? It could be something as as what you might feel is small, like getting them to wash dishes, <laughs> versus something more significant and problematic, like not following through on their assignments at school. Um, and you want some feedback. Parents have feedback. Sometimes it's easy just to say. Uh, hey, look, I have a, a child or I know of a child, and it's all agreed upon in group that this is the approach that we're going to take. So we want to mention, so de-identify when you're, uh, if you'd prefer, it's not necessary, but again, let's remind the group of ground rules in the beginning of every get-together, and that is first and foremost confidentiality. And then uh, again, let's or a second, let's establish the purpose of the group. This is a place to explore ideas and options without judgment. Establish that it's not about unsolicited advice, like just giving advice. But you, so we want to say in advance to the group, I would like some advice on how to deal with this situation. So as we're talking about the themes, it may. You know, we're discussing ideas, but if someone wants to share something personal, make it clear that you want some advice. And, and so let's put the brakes on unsolicited advice, and a facilitator can help with that. And then there's some advantages and disadvantages on inviting your personal friends and your parents' child's friends. Some disadvantages might be the confidentiality piece. Look, if one child is doing something that is hurting another child, there could be some issues. Um, so there could be great advantages of parents from different schools or different locations. Um, it might be possible to be more objective. You know, if you're really close in relationships, you know, because um, if you're not close, you aren't giving advice to your daughter's boyfriend's parents whose actions may directly impact someone you love. Um, but at the same time, that can be addressed with, um, you know, establishing uh, it's not about unsolicited advice um, and establishing confidentiality. Um, you know, if you have people who weren't previously fr friends but want to improve parenting, uh, that can be helpful. So, um, but again, there's the practical element, like how do you get people from different schools across uh, across the town or city? Uh, most likely, you're going to invite people that you know and have relationships with. But I'm mentioning those as examples because some of those things may come up, and and I think those are best addressed with de-identifying when sharing personal information, and also again establishing confidentiality as a key ground rule. So. Here are some final tips. So again, I'm encouraging parents out there to form support groups for parents of teenagers. Here are some final tips. 
One for married parents. Keep things, keep things positive after the group. Uh, don't engage in gossip, tit for tat, or criticism. If you're a couple that is on date night and you're going to go out um, either the next night or, or after the support group get together, try to share three nuggets of wisdom or three nuggets of positivity. Three good things that were spoken tonight that you would like to incorporate into your family life. Or another way to think about it, identify three things you're grateful for after tonight's support group. So it's really seeing things as positive. And maybe that can even be incorporated in the group. Um, The facilitator can even say, hey, let's keep things positive as we go. Here are some some positive things. Um, A gratitude exercise can be done at the end of the group. Something you're grateful for about what was spoken to tonight. Um, of course, positivity, warmth, um, all of those things sort of go into the group. But I want to encourage married parents following the group to keep things positive. Um, and sometimes that doesn't need to be said, but sometimes it's helpful to really explicitly, because life can get overwhelming and stressful. What we don't want to do is get to the thing get to the night where you say oh no and now we got to go to that group we might be susceptible susceptible of complaining and so good stress management getting exercise getting good sleep all those things go into this but i just wanted to give a final tip there about keeping things positive after the group here's a second tip consider family dinners take a couple of the family dinners and put together conversation topics and facilitate the dinner conversation with the kids Then what you might do is report back to the support group how that went. I noticed that the silliness or the restlessness died down, and instead I saw my kids really engage with the conversation topic. So that can actually, as an example, where you go to the group and say, hey, I'm seeing some positive things here in my group or in my family, and I just wanted to share it. So the idea of sharing testimonies uh, with your support group can keep it going, keep it positive, keep it encouraging. Um, and, and the value of, of testimonies gives the group support evidence of, hey, this group is really helpful. Thank you so much. Um, also, a third final tip I wanted to share. When you go to the group, be sincere. Use the time wisely, both in sharing but also listening. Practice active listening skills instead of I'm better than that person or I would have handled that better, you know, when you're hearing a story of a behavior problem. And what we want to do is withhold judgment, withhold criticism, put the brakes on those kinds of things. Instead, have the attitude of we are all in this together. We are bonded and we want the best for all of our teenagers. Um, So those are just some final tips I wanted to share I know this is a longer podcast, how to put together a peer-led support group for parents of teenagers and just really encourage you out there to get together. If you're listening to this podcast, um, hey, get together. If you want to send me an email, an inquiry, if you want to send me a testimony, hey, I listened to your podcast. I did put together a support group. I'm trying to facilitate it. I have some questions. I will send you an email back. Um, with some feedback and just, hey, great job. Let's see, we're all in this together as uh, parents of teenagers. 
and um, we want to support each other. So I want to encourage you, put together a support group, put together, get together with your friends, and you may do this informally, which is fine too. Um, a more of a formal support group can help target some of these key themes that I mentioned earlier. And there, there, I only gave a sampling, but I listed off about uh, fifteen to twenty things. It's just a sampling of the many topics uh, parents can have, and sometimes having a more of a formal group can really get some of that intellectual flow, some of those uh, key challenges that teens face. Hey, look, t- teens have major challenges, major stressors, academic pressures, social media pressures, the cyberbullying that exists. You have teens trying to lay down the phone but feeling addicted to it, right? We know that some of the, the nucleus accumbens and other brain structures, they're activated in the same way in some of the addictive studies and the neuro- neuropsychological studies, addiction, the same brain uh, features are being activated in fMRI studies uh, when they're not using their phone. We're seeing some of the same dopamine elevations and the same addictive elements uh, with the phone. These, these are just some of the challenges that teenagers face. And so I want to encourage you to get together, talk, and form even more formal support groups across this country. Give me a call. Send me an email. Send me a, a message, and I'll be glad to help you in any way that I can. Check out my book, You Are Your Child's Best Psychologist, and some of the other resources that we have available for you at parentingdoctors.com. I wish you the very best, and thank you so much for listening to this week's Parenting Podcast. 